This podcast is sponsored by Canoe Club. Canoe Club has been one of my favorite retailers for such a long time, so it's a real honor to have them sponsoring the pod. If you're unfamiliar with Canoe Club, it's a retailer based out of Boulder, Colorado that carries brands such as Engineer Garments, Visvim, Capital, Nanamika, Levi's, Orslo, Friends of the Pod, Marnie, Solomon, and Popeye Magazine, and so much more. They have such an incredible assortment, ranging from under-the-radar emerging brands to beloved heritage brands. I had the founder of Canoe Club, Timothy Grindle, on the podcast, which I'll have linked in the description if you're interested in learning more about the retailer. I'll also be showcasing some of my favorite pieces on the Fashion Collective Instagram, as well as in the weekly newsletter. The team over at Canoe Club has been very kind to offer a 15% discount code for all the Fashion Collective podcast listeners. Use code Fashion Collective 15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, it is Fashion Collective 15 to get 15% off your next order. The link to the site will be linked in the description for you guys to head over and check out the assortment. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Fashion Collective. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash fashion collective. Hey, how's it going, Roxy? Hey, Alex. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you again for agreeing to be on the podcast. Very excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. So before we jump into everything, do you want to share just a little bit about yourself? You know what you do? Yeah, for sure. Um... So I'm Roxy Navai. I'm the founder of RX Studio, which is a boutique PR and creative consulting agency that focuses on building kind of diverse emerging brands and young design talent. Yeah, very exciting. And we'll be getting to all of that over the course of the interview. Moving into the first segment, style ethos. How would you describe your personal style? Um, I've never had to describe it myself, so this is really interesting. I think other people would have very different ways of describing it but I would just say that it's pretty eclectic I think I a lot of what I wear is kind of informed by how I feel or what kind of I guess quote-unquote phase I'm going through in that moment which is pretty funny but I think like the base of it is that I love supporting emerging brands and a lot of those are my clients that I wear on a day-to-day basis but I love to mix things in with kind of like a lot of vintage and archive pieces that I love to source. Like I love to wear old um, undercover and junior and like Vivian Westwood. And I love to mix that with kind of like 
this like new wave of emerging designers that we're seeing who are doing some really crazy things. Like some of my favorite clients to wear are like Tyrell, Shimmy, which is an eyewear brand, Vitaly, Om Jewelry. So I, I like to play a lot with mixing brands that you wouldn't expect to be worn together to make outfits that kind of like express how I feel. Um, so that's why I would say eclectic. Maybe some people would call it chaotic. I don't know, <laughs> but um, I think that's kind of like how I would describe my own style. The next segment, you know, what are you obsessed with currently? You know, what have you been into lately? This could be books, you know, music, TV shows, films, food, pretty much anything. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I think probably for, I don't know if this is for better or for worse, but I am a pretty huge fashion consumer and maybe I should kind of switch off from time to time and stop like following everything in fashion because it would probably be good for me to like have a clean break from time to time. But I really loved like, just look like discovering new brands through whatever it is Instagram TikTok wherever it is even like here physically at Paris Fashion Week like I've had a really good time just kind of like finding emerging designers and kind of getting inspired by what people are creating that's so out of the box these days and I think also I've been doing a lot of like vintage slash archive sourcing um there's this website here in France I don't know if I don't think it's really hit North America yet because I, like I tried to look at it when I was at home in Canada and it, it wasn't the same, but there's this website here in France called Vinted and I think it's throughout Europe and you can just find the craziest like archive pieces from any brand and it's just so easy to like search through and the prices are crazy. So I do spend a lot of my time like on there just like favoriting things and like finding really rare kind of pieces that get me really excited. But um Aside from fashion, I've also just been, music has always been like a passion of mine. So I've been doing a lot of kind of just like both finding and listening to kind of old and new music. I think I'm not as into a lot of the new artists, but like there are definitely artists that get me really excited. Like there's this um, artist from Atlanta called Grandma, who's kind of an amazing multi-instrumentalist who I listen to a lot. And then also like Eve Tumor and, and Blade are two of my like favorites um but I also have been really into kind of just like rediscovering old bands that I wasn't really into before but like I've been listening to a lot of REM randomly and like Rage Against the Machine and things like that so I think it's a mix of like fashion and music or have always been the two things that I've been really interested in and I think right now like those are the two things that I that I like kind of like sourcing or looking into when I'm not working basically you know moving into you know, the next segment, you know, rapid fire, you know, you're reporting from, from Paris, you've been there for, you know, Paris Fashion Week for men's and you've gone to like London Fashion Week and you're getting ready for women's. I'm very curious, you know, what collections have you really enjoyed and what collections are you excited for, for women's? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been here since, I guess, December now, like just before um, men's week, I've been prepping quite a few, like, shows and productions and parties and it's been really fun and I think I've been able to discover not only new brands but rediscover some of the older brands that I love and I think are doing really interesting things um I think from men's week I really loved um this is gonna sound crazy because I know it's a very like polarizing opinion but I love d squared because it was so surprising to me that like you know, D squared is a Canadian brand. I'm also Canadian. Like I, the reputation of D squared has been very up and down since like the early 2000s. And I think this runway show that they did during men's week was 
really kind of like a comeback for them where they kind of like hit the nail on the head of like consuming trends in the right way and making kind of cultural commentary in the right way and just like casting all of the models who can just like absolutely work the runway so I think that was a really interesting comeback for me because like the D squared show for years has been like kind of a write-off and like it was really refreshing to like see that comeback and now I'm excited to see like what they continue to do um I think I also really liked um Walter Van Byrendonk who I've been a fan of forever he always just does like the craziest shit that's just like I, I always just find myself thinking like, where did he think of this? Like, how did this come about? And I really like that sense of like wonder in design. So I thought that was really cool. And there's an emerging designer called Arturo Obagero, who um, kind of like subverts menswear in a way, makes it very like feminine and playful and like delicate. And I love that angle. So he just did like a little presentation that I went to. It wasn't a proper runway show, but I'm excited to see what he does. Um, that was kind of men's. Um, for women's, uh, we actually produced um, a presentation during New York Fashion Week for one of my emerging brands that we represent called Ayama. Um, and she's really amazing. I honestly think like without bias, that was probably my favorite women's wear collection so far. And it's really exciting because it's only her second collection ever. And, you know, she was, um, she was a runner up for the Amiri prize by Mike Amiri. So, you know, she has a lot of promise and I'm just really excited because that was her first time showing officially on the New York Fashion Week schedule and being entered into the CFDA. So again, very excited to see what she does. And I think I just saw the Gucci show in Milan that I thought was really, really interesting with the new creative director, Sabato de Sarno. I thought, there were like he played a lot on kind of Tom Ford references of of Tom Ford era Gucci, and I thought that was really cool to bring back and kind of like refresh Gucci from what it's been known for for the last few years. This collection felt very like pared back and sophisticated, but also kind of had an edge. So there were a lot of pieces that I was like, damn, I really want that. So that was cool to see, which I haven't felt that way about Gucci for like pretty much ever. <laughs> so that was cool, and then. During Paris Fashion Week, I'm really excited to see the presentation from this Georgian brand called Situationist. It's another emerging brand. Um, I've been following them. I've known them for a really long time. I've been following them for years. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do. They really take kind of like post-Soviet and brutalist influences into their work. So um, they always have really interesting collections and their pattern making is crazy. So that's one, I think it's next Saturday that I'm really excited to see in person. Um, it's an interesting time because like, I feel like a lot of brands are now shifting. I think COVID kind of like reset a lot of things in the industry, of course. And I think a lot of brands are shifting not only to kind of like try to adjust to like a see now, buy now structure, but it's also like it, it, people are trying to interpret trends without it being too, too trendy. And it's really interesting to see everyone's kind of like interpretation of where, um, fashion and trends are heading. So I think it's 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 really exciting. It's a really exciting time to just like consume and see um, where all these brands are kind of drawing influence from and the direction that they're going in. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now moving into like the main segment of the podcast, you know, your journey and what you've been up to. You know, I always love to start it off with, you know, what, what initially got you interested in fashion? Because I know you were initially kind of had like this deep interest in music. Like how did that kind of move into a deep love of fashion and, and wanting to, you know, pursue it as a career? 
Yeah. Um, well, I've worked in both throughout. I think it's actually by chance that I ended up in fashion rather than music, but I still try to tie the two together as much as I can. My mom has always been really into fashion. And I think growing up, like she was always my inspiration and seeing her, I mean, she just always wore the sickest stuff and I've like stolen half of her closet at this point, but like she, you know, she always kind of worked and I mean, she's an architect, but she always kind of like did things in fashion and, and it was really inspiring for me to see. And it's funny, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was kind of thinking like, would I be in fashion if it wasn't for her? I actually don't think so, but um it's really interesting how these things happen and you don't really think about it unless you like reflect and you're like, wait, that's probably why. Like, I think, I think it's her and I think she inspired me. And I think like seeing everything that she was doing and everything that she enjoyed kind of like sparked that interest in me as well. So I think that's kind of how that happened. Um, I think later on while I was at university, like I tried to take as many kind of internships and things as I could in kind of the fashion industry. Um, like I interned at um, opening ceremony uh, at Black Frame, which was a PR agency in New York at the time, then at British Vogue in London. So I really kind of like jumped around to figure out what it was that I liked. Um, and I really did enjoy all of those experiences. Um, and I think it was after that, that I took, I kind of wanted to take a dive into music. So um, I was living and studying in Shanghai for a year and a half and I worked for kind of like a music collective out there that they did a lot of consulting. They still do, they're amazing. They're called Yeti Out. Um, but they did a lot of kind of like music consulting for brands. They also do kind of like tour bookings for artists, a lot of Western artists in Asia and you know, just a lot of like party planning and promotion and marketing. So that was really cool and I loved that. Um, and it was like one of the most fun jobs I've ever had. I think it was honestly like by chance that I ended up back in fashion. Like I basically left China, moved back to Europe and ended up working at Carla Auto, which is a big um, fashion PR agency in London. I was based in the London office. So I think that's when I was like, wow, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. And I could definitely see myself continuing and kind of like fashion PR and kind of like creative consulting for brands. And I, I think again, like where I ended up is kind of like very much an amalgamation of all the experiences that I had and kind of like everything kind of like came together by chance, but it definitely feels right that I'm in fashion. I've always had a crazy interest in it. And yeah, I, I, I was kind of inspired in 2020. I think it was April, 2020 to start my own agency and start working with, you know, the brands that I personally feel inspired by and, you know, friends who are starting brands, the emerging designers who need that support. So that's kind of how it all came together in a nutshell. Yeah, I feel like you've had like a really interesting career. I mean, going from being raised in Canada all the way to you know moving out to Shanghai, which is like a really great opportunity, kind of working again, as you mentioned, like outside of, you know, the fashion space. But I think it must have really given you like a really great international kind of global outlook on, on just like communications in general right? For sure. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of informs the work that my team and I do now. I mean, I have an, I have an amazing team of two girls, Alex and Celia, who are based in Paris and New York. And they, and we all kind of like work very closely together. And I think we all have these different influences from different kind of regions that we've worked in and different markets that we've been inspired by. And like, I think today more than ever, it's so important to kind of have a global outlook and have and look at everything from a global onset like I don't really think it makes sense to take everything country by country anymore everything is kind of a melting pot and every 
country is so inspired by another. And like, I think especially in fashion, it's definitely an asset to kind of like understand how different markets work or how, how fashion differs in different continents. And um, yeah, I feel very lucky to have had those different experiences because it's definitely shaped how I look at the industry in, in general and also how I view like brand growth and how I'm able to like kind of consult on those things. So, yeah. You know, prior to your starting at Carla Otto, I mean, you were at, you know, Wonderman Thompson in Berlin and you were kind of working with brands that are typically thought of as like, you know, creative companies and kind of doing creative work for, for them, I guess. You know, what did you learn during this experience of kind of working creatively for brands kind of outside of like the typical like creative space? Yeah, that's a good question. I kind of glossed over that one while we were talking about fashion and music because I was like, it's not relevant. But um, that was actually an amazing experience. That's actually why I left Shanghai was because I got that job in Berlin. And, you know, I was a bit like, I think I was, I must have been like 24, 25 at the time. And I think I wanted to... Um, I think I just wanted to like experience something else and try something that wasn't really within my typical field of interest slash passion necessarily. And I was kind of like, let me try kind of like a more, I mean, it, it, it wasn't like as corporate as it sounds, but you know, more corporate than what I was moving into. And so, you know, it, it was a really special agency. It was called KKLD at the time. It's now called Wonderman Thompson, but it's the same. Um, it basically was looking at brands like, you know, BMW, Mini, Biopharmaceuticals from a very, very creative angle. So that was really interesting, actually, because when you look at a brand that you see in a very corporate light and you try to bring kind of like an angle of creativity to the way that they do their advertising or the way that they run their socials, it's kind of like, it's a pretty big challenge because you have to find the, the place where, you know, you have to find the sweet spot of like not pushing them to become a totally edgy company, but like, you know, how can they engage with the art scene? How can they become a patron of the arts or, or you know, kind of get involved in the cultural, in a, in a field of cultural relevance? So um, I was there for, I think, yeah, two years. And it was, re it really, really taught me how to like think and how to be, uh, how to, like attack things from a creative but also strategic output because otherwise I probably would have just been creative and I wouldn't have had that like wait does this make sense from a strategic side kind of way of thinking and I had this really amazing creative director there who really like led me um on the right path of like how to basically creative break creatively brainstorm but make sure that it's effective and make sure that it makes sense and make sure that I don't get like lost in my own thoughts so um that was a really, really cool experience. And like, I, I, I wouldn't change that for the world. I think it was really cool that I got to work in advertising and in kind of a more standard field of advertising before narrowing down into fashion, because I think it gave me kind of like a different way to approach fashion rather than someone who would have just worked in fashion throughout, like from school onwards. So um, I'm really grateful for that experience. I think it really helped me be like a bit more well-rounded in a, in a sense you know, you launching RX Studio in you know, 2020. Can you just, you know, walk us through how it went from kind of like an idea to to like launching, launching a company? Yeah, for sure. Um, it was kind of like scary. Like, I feel like I needed the push to do it. I think I started thinking about it maybe when I was like 26. By the time I started it in 2020, I was 27. Um, I think I, I was always scared. I always felt like on the one hand, I felt like I 
was getting too old to even start my own business because there's so many people who are literally 18, 19 who are doing amazing things. Some of my clients are like, you know, very early 20s and are killing it. So I think when I was like 26 turning 27, I was like, oh my God, like I'm running out of time. Like, what do I do? I'm, I'm going to get old and like, it's going to be too late to start my own business. But then on the other hand, I was like, wait, I don't have enough experience. Like, I don't know how to run a business. Like, I don't know what entrepreneurship is. I've just been out here doing the whole PR marketing advertising thing that I know how to do, but do I know how to be a business owner? Not necessarily. So I had this like internal conflict in my mind of like, you're too young. No, you're too old. You're, you're, you're not experienced enough. No, you're too experienced. Like, so I think what happened that really pushed me to do it was COVID. And like, in a way, I know COVID was like a horrible time, but in a way it kind of like worked out for me in the way that it gave me that peace. It gave me that time to really think it through and work on it while the world was literally at a standstill. Like there was nothing I could possibly do. You could barely even go outside. It was like March, April, 2020. So I really had the time to like, think everything through, plan everything. We were basically at home all the time. So I think that's where it was born. But before that, I was really, really inspired by what a lot of my friends were doing. You know, I had friends who like started their own magazines or started their own, well, obviously brands or like were just doing their own things. We're doing their own creative consulting or just freelancers. Like so many of my friends had been shifting from, you know, the typical nine to five life to being a freelancer or being kind of like a multidisciplinary creative or creating an amazing brand and I think I the closer I became with my friends who were doing that the more I was like wow there's really a space to help people who are working in that field and also I just felt inspired by them and I was like I, I want to also do that so I think in the months leading up to me starting Rx I was feeling very inspired by them and um, also by my mom, who's also an entrepreneur. So I think that kind of pushed me to finally do it. But again, like if COVID hadn't happened, I'm not 100% sure if I'd have done it. I mean, in hindsight, I'm so happy that I did. Like I wouldn't have it any other way now. But I think it was also a very situational slash circumstantial thing that it all came together and I had the courage to finally do it. And I was very lucky in the beginning to have you know, some very supportive people around me. I had a great friend, Gio, who did, um, you know, my logo and kind of like helped me develop my, the visuals for my website and the overall visuals for the agency, like right when I started before I even had any clients. And then, you know, my first, my first three clients were Toronto based. It was Tyrell, Spencer Badu and Pierre Bassin. And they were all so supportive of me. And like, that was still when it was just me basically being a freelancer and they believed in me and they, you know, we helped each other. And um, I think I wouldn't be where I am without that like trust and network of support that I was lucky enough to have. So that's kind of how it all started and came together, I guess. It's crazy that it's almost been three years now. Well, you know, I really want to touch on, so, I mean, company you know, based in Toronto during this, during that time. And I feel like Canada's a wildly underrated fashion country. I mean, from like the emerging brands, such as, you know, Spencer Badu, Libro and from like the storefronts, like neighbor, obviously Essence, you know, Calculus and Lost yeah. and Found, you know, what is it like in this kind of era of, you know, Canadian fashion where I feel like it's kind of like establishing its fashion identity? Yeah, I think it's super exciting. Um, I like, I initially left Toronto when I was like, just when I finished high school, when I was like 18 and I was like, you know what, there's nothing for me here. Like, I feel like there's no cultural scene I'm going to go do my thing in like Europe or Asia or wherever it needs to be. But like, I don't see myself 
I don't see there being anything for me to do here. And I think I felt that way kind of until COVID, until I moved home from London. But I, in the years leading up to COVID, I also saw that there were a lot of amazing designers. Like I connected with Tyrell on Instagram or like I knew Spencer for a couple of years beforehand. And I was kind of like, wait, what's going on here? Like something cool is happening and I don't really know what it is. And then I, um, when I came home and like, granted it was locked down for the first while, Canada was pretty slow to start opening up compared to the US. So I wasn't really going outside like that, but we were like, I would like meet up with friends and go on walks or things like that. Wow, it's crazy that like that was a period where we would just like meet up and go on walks. But um, I think I like started to see that there's this amazing creative and cultural hub in Toronto, but it's really small and the creative circle is still really small. But I think it's it's really nice that like Toronto is an amazingly livable city. And, you know, I have a lot of love for Toronto. I think it, I just felt that this cultural kind of circle was always lacking. But then when I started seeing that come together in 2020, and I kind of noticed that it was there and that there's all these amazing designers, but maybe they needed kind of like a platform to be shown to the world in a way. And that was kind of what inspired me and why I started working with so many Toronto based brands. But I think now, like, they're all kind of getting inspired by one another to start their own thing. And like the circle is slowly growing, but it has this amazing sense of like community. Like it's the Toronto creative scene is really a neighborhood and it's really nice to see kind of like, I mean, I feel like every time I head home, like I'm heading home in two weeks, I'm excited to see, I'm sure there's some like new kids on the scene who are like starting to do their own thing. Like I'm always discovering new people there and it, it it's, it's really cool because you never think that like Toronto is one of those cities, but it actually is. And like, I think I don't want to credit Drake too much because I know people like feel some type of way about him, but I do think that he kind of paved the way. The fact that he still lives there, the fact that he puts on for a lot of Toronto based artists and things like that. I think he kind of started to open up the music scene there with OVO and things. And I think that kind of later kind of gave way to fashion and you know now there's essence and now there's a lot of bigger kind of like fashion companies there and I think even like Spencer for example is kind of a pioneer in the Toronto kind of like streetwear scene and I think he mentors and inspires a lot of the younger generation who's who are now starting their own brands so like Toronto really excites me and like I, I a lot of people tell me like oh if you work in fashion like do you really want to be Toronto based and I'm like you know what like I travel a lot for work I'm I'm constantly in Paris New York London like LA for to do events and to do production and to meet with people but I think it's really interesting to have a base in Toronto and to have your finger on the pulse of these amazing creatives who are going to go great places and like I've loved working with them and being able to give them kind of like a platform and I think that Toronto's only going to continue to get more and more interesting. So I'm really excited to see like who else there is to come out of the city or kind of like what else is coming. It's interesting that it's not as established as a Paris or a New York. Like I think that makes it really exciting and that makes it kind of like really different from an established fashion city. So um, I have a lot of love for Toronto's co creative community for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being back in Toronto and, and also Montreal. Um, later this year so very excited I mean again really love what's happening there um, from the creators to the storefronts to the brands really exciting stuff and then going back towards the company you know you're going into year three you've been around for a while and been able to accomplish quite a bit in that time you know what stage would you say you are with the company and like what are some things that people should be keeping an eye out for 
Hmm, good question. Um, I think it's been really fun to kind of help our brands do more physical events. And I think there was definitely a period, like I would say maybe the first year, even year and a half, we weren't really doing physical events. Like I didn't really start doing anything until January, 2021, what was it? 2022. No, I think it was January, 2022 that we actually started doing physical events again. So, you know, the first, like the first year and a half was very focused on kind of like digital PR, which is great. But I think there's something to be said for brands being able to do something physical and to be able to physically build a community and to be able to physically be there and create an experience. And that's been really, really fun to do. And like, we've already done a ton this year. I can't even count how many it's only February. So I'm really excited to do more. Um, we're going to be having some upcoming events in LA and I'm just excited for, you know, continuing to give our brands a platform in the cities where they might not already have kind of like a resonance. So that's going to be really fun. Definitely trying to do a lot more physical um, and experiential work. And um, I'm excited to expand the team. Like we're still just a team of three. Um, and it's been really, really great and exciting. But I think, you know, I'm excited to see kind of like who else can join our team, kind of like get into expanding. and. There's a lot of new brands that I'm really, really excited about that I would love to work with. So I think um, definitely going to like continue to work on that. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot. I need to sit down and like plan everything because um, there's a lot upcoming. But I think for now, we're just full steam ahead on um, Paris Fashion Week. Like one of our brands, Shimmy, is doing something really exciting next week and just excited to get kind of through this week. It's really long. It's like a 10 day fashion week. Women's week is always super long. And then after that, kind of excited to like regroup and see um, what kind of events and goals we can set for the rest of spring and summer. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. I'm actually yeah. kind of curious. I mean, I know you're still in the formulating what, what the next steps look like, but do you see do you see yourself ever opening like global offices, you know, around the world? Yeah, I would love to do that. That's of course a goal. I think um, once we're at the stage to be able to do that, I would love to have like a little maybe a mini showroom in Toronto. I don't think it's necessary to have a super big one there, but, you know, Paris and New York, of course, are really important cities for us. And we do a lot of our work there. So that would be definitely a goal. Um, I think for now, seeing that we still work with really small brands, it's been working really well to just kind of like remote, just kind of work remotely. And everyone's been working remotely for the last few years, but I'm excited to see this year and probably next year, um, what we can start doing with physical kind of showrooms and offices and while we expand the team. So yeah, it's definitely a big goal. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's well-documented, you know, I'm a fan of Adam from Libro and yeah. love what he does. I'm actually very curious. Do you have any pieces from brands um, that you work with that you've really been into lately that you've been wearing like all the time? Yeah, I mean, there's so many. Um, Shimmy is definitely... A favorite right now they're a Swedish eyewear brand and now ready to wear they just launched their first ready to wear collection so I basically like don't leave my house without their sunglasses because they look so good on everyone I don't know how they've done it but like it just looks so good so wearing those all the time their new ready to wear collection is very much like bridging active wear with kind of like high fashion wear so it's it's so easy to wear. Like I can wear it if I'm just casually, you know, going to get groceries or something, but I can also wear it with like a very kind of like 
out there fit. So that's been really fun. And it, this, the fabric is just amazing. It feels so good. And it also like is very flattering. So, but it's, it, you know, it's very simple, but like it feels super good on. So shimmy has definitely been a big one. I always wear a ton of Vitali jewelry. It's been really fun to like stack and I find their pieces are very, very kind of like innovative and creative and they always add an edge to any outfit. So I can basically like add it to anything. I have like this amazing ear cuff that kind of like hugs the ear and it helps kind of like add some style to any fit. Um, and then Tyrell is always one of my favorites. He, he makes like dead stock kind of women's wear and everything is handmade and it just feels so good on your skin. And again, like I wear a lot of his tops and I kind of just like style it with, you know, a different pair of pants um, to kind of like style it down. Um, but he's really fun to wear. And then Ayama, the one that just showed at New York Fashion Week, love wearing her pieces, excited to get some of the newer collection, but there's this top called the Gorby top that I wear all the time. And again, kind of like style it down with a big pair of jeans or something like that. But yeah. And then also 12, 12 jewelry is a New York based um, jewelry brand. And, you know, her pieces are really kind of like inspired by surrealism. And I love, like, there's a lot of like teeth in the jewelry. There's a lot of pearls. So that's been really fun to wear. And honestly, the list goes on, but I'm just going to leave it at five right now because <laughs> it's going to get long. Yeah. The list definitely goes long and I'm going to have everything linked in the podcast description. Everyone should go check out Roxy. Thank you so much for you know coming on the podcast.